Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Well, God is good. Amen. Aren't you glad your name is not Farley Blankenwater? Now, he's not here, is he? (laughs) Sitting over there with Boudreaux. (laughs) God is good. Hey, wanted to uh, shout out to everybody. Uh, Next week is first Sunday of the month. So first Sunday of the month, we do around here what's called our welcome lunch. So if you're uh, new or relatively new to Life Church, haven't been to that yet, you're invited next Sunday uh, after the second service. Uh, we have food, just bring your mouth and, uh, and show up. We want to just share with you a little bit about who we are, where we're going, and, and uh, uh, how you can be a part of what God's doing here. So you're invited to come, just show up, have lunch with us, and uh, it will be a great time. Good, good? Good, 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 good. good. Ready for some word? Okay, if you brought your Bible, uh, get that out. If you've got a Bible app, fire it up. Go with me to Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. We've been in a series now for the last little while uh, called Authorized. Authorized. I want to go a little bit further with this subject today because of its great importance. And just because something is very, very important doesn't mean everybody knows about it. And just because a few people know about it doesn't mean they can't know it better. You know, I've found sometimes that there is an understanding to a degree, to a level in my life, but then there's more that can be learned, can be understood, and what I do know can become uh, more alive. It can be stirred up and, uh, and be activated in my life to a greater degree. And so that's what we want to do here today. Praise God. Jesus said over here, this is uh, Matthew 8, uh, 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so the Lord Jesus here uh, is giving them a revelation and understanding about authority. He said, it's all been given to me. And as we've taught over the last number of weeks, Jesus got that through his death, burial, and resurrection. He went into the belly of the earth and took back from Satan what had been delivered to him by Adam. And then, in essence, what he's saying here is he said, all this has been given to me, so you go. Go, therefore, in other words, I'm authorizing you to go in my name. That's why he said, now you can baptize, you can make disciples. Mark 16's version of this gives some further things. He said, you can cast out devils, you can speak with new tongues, right? Other things, you can lay hands on the sick. He basically said, all this authority, I got it back, guys, good news. All authority has been given to me, so here you go. And then he sent us to represent him in the earth today. Now just think about that word for a moment, authorized. Authorized. We have been authorized 
by the Lord. Just a, a definition, words used in the English definition of that word. It means having official permission or approval. Other words used, recognized, sanctioned, accredited, licensed, certified, official, lawful, legal, legitimate. Okay, this is our position representing the Lord. We are all those things by His power and because of His word, what He has said concerning us. Uh, now, we know that in life, some things, and in God's kingdom, some things are up to God. And, and He's the only one that can do it. But there are other parts of life that are up to us. And we're the only one that can do it. The reality is, is we can't do God's part, and He can't do our part. And when I say He can't, I really do mean He can't. Can't because of this, because He... Uh, is submitted to his own word and when he turned it over to us he doesn't just grab it back because we failed to pick it up and use it he turned it over and literally it has been turned over and it's up to us to take his word to take his promise to take uh, the assignment and take the authority that has been delegated to us everybody okay now understand with this type of mentality it changes your life It'll change how you relate to the Lord. It'll change how you carry yourself. The absence of this knowledge, which, by the way, is a severe problem in, in, among believers across the globe. People do not know. There's a reason why, but their, their lack of knowledge of this area is severely hindering their ability to live victoriously and their ability to carry out God's will in the earth. So very, impor very important. Uh, man, we're here, though, and we're talking about it. Huh? I don't know if you've ever been like this. I, this happened to me uh, quite a few years ago before I was in ministry, before I even knew I was called to ministry. Uh, but I, when someone taught me, and some of this was via cassette tape, remember those? Uh, cassette tape, and I started hearing stuff from the Bible, and I was already a Christian, had been for a number of, number of years. I started hearing things that I'd never heard before. Part of me was excited, like just I was lit up inside, and another part of me was totally annoyed because I thought, how long have I been going to church, and no one ever told me this, and that's been in the Bible the whole time, grr, but I realized, you know, hey, I mean, I have access to God myself, and so, but I thank Him for His, His mercy and grace that directed me into a way where I could learn. And I could grow, and I could increase. But just because God gave it, that doesn't mean I, I have it. I still need to receive it. I still need to pick it up and use it. Just because it's true doesn't mean I know it. How I many know it would be a mistake to assume that anything we don't know is not there? Well, I don't know about that, so. No, just, I don't know about that, period. <laughs> no so, no conclusions drawn. Just because I don't know about something does not mean it does not exist. Does not mean, it just means I don't know about it. huh? And if we keep ourselves in a position where we're hungry, where we're humble before God, then He can get through to us and teach us things. There's a whole bunch I need to learn. huh? There's a whole bunch we need to understand. And we've got to keep ourselves in a position where we can learn, where we can grow, we can understand, instead of digging our heels in and, you know, with a proud heart and a, you know, a, a stiff neck and just say, I've never heard it like this before. Well, so what does that mean? 
It means almost nothing. <laughs> it just means you haven't heard it like this before. But if we let the Lord teach us, it'll change our lives. Hallelujah. Go with me to Luke chapter 10. Just a couple books over. Luke chapter 10, Jesus said something here, very similar. Talking to his disciples, he said in verse 19, Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notice that language, I give who? I give you the authority. In other words, you didn't have it, but I'm giving it to you. Now, I know he's talking to his disciples and during his earthly ministry there, but we can see from Matthew 28 and Mark 16 and a gazillion other verses that the church has been authorized in this same way. The Lord gave authority for us to do what? Trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing would by any means hurt us. Now, he's not literally talking about serpents and scorpions. You know, that's figurative for demonic power, okay? But right at the same time, uh, I don't know, what if a serpent or a scorpion were after you? What would you do? I mean, with the knowledge of who you are in Christ and what you've been given, with the knowledge of God's Word, would you, would you freak? Would you be in despair? Or would you say, no, you don't? I know that's a new way of thinking for some individuals. And uh, what, you would talk to the, the snake? And you would talk to the scorpion, and uh, well, if I had to, I would. Yeah, I haven't been in a whole bunch of dangerous situations to, you know, to give a bunch of experiences, but I, I know of some things from friends and, 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 and some situations even with myself. I remember years ago, uh, my, our daughter Whitley, when she was young, we, were, we had this shed in the backyard, and, uh, and I sent her out there to get something out of the shed. And she came back and said, there's wasps everywhere. And, uh, you know, the kind that could sting you. And, and, uh, and so she didn't want to go in there. She didn't want to open that door and go in there. And I said, well, why don't you just tell them to leave? She said, oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so she did. And I'm, so I'm watching from in the house. And uh, I'm looking out. I, I'm seeing her from the back. So I just see her out there standing you know, from the back, but she's obviously talking to the wasps and uh, telling them to leave, and, and, and she did that just, you know, a few seconds, and, and then turned around, came back to me, and I went out there. She said, well, they haven't left. <laughs> I said, well, stand your ground. I said, just, just stand your ground, and I went up to out there, and I went out there and just stood with her, and I said, just stand your ground. They're all leaving in Jesus' name. And we, we, just, we stood there for just a matter of seconds. I said, now where did they go? And they were all gone. Amen. Every one of them. Amen. Say, well, that's silly. I don't know anything about that. Well, it happened. <laughs> and I can tell you this. Genesis chapter 1 says that we've been given dominion over everything that creeps on the earth. The fact that people are afraid of animals and, and that kind of stuff, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know that? I know we're in a sin-filled world, and animals do not act like now like they did then. And I know there are dangerous creatures, but I'm telling you, that, that's not God's plan. And though man lost dominion, Jesus restored it to the church. What say you, huh? 
You know, a, a friend years ago was telling me about how they had to go to, uh, they were going to pick up these chickens. I don't know why you would do that, but uh, <laughs> to get these chickens, um, because you can go to the store and they're already good to go. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but they had to go to this chicken coop. And there was this yard they had to go through, and there were some dogs, some large, mean, rough-looking dogs barking and stuff. And that was the only way they were able, that, that they could get there. And his friend said, well, we can't go then. We can't get through there. He said, yeah, we can. We can go right through here. And so they opened the gate, and he just spoke to the dogs in Jesus' name right. and told them to back off and be calm or whatever he said to them. And the dogs did. They just they stopped their craziness and they just kind of let them go by they went right on through it he said we went over there and got these chickens and they were having a fit you know and doing their little thing and 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 so he grabbed these chickens and he said be still in Jesus name he told me just like that they went and they were calm and they came back walked back through the and they did did their stuff say I mean, some people might be skeptical and think, I don't know about that. Maybe you just don't know about that. Maybe there's more possible to our lives than we realize. You know, I mean, I'm not going and messing with the lions at the zoo. (laughs) I'm not going to put myself in a position where, you know, something like that. But I tell you, if I were under attack or something, I tell you what I would do. I'd say, bless God, I've been given authority in Jesus' name. And I'd, I'd do what I could do. But the fact that a person would never even think that way, that's concerning to me. They would think, we're just, we're just subject to all the problems of this world and anything can just eat us up. You're a child of God. You're a son and daughter of the Most High. Jesus was raised from the dead on your behalf. I think there's more to us than we realize. I think there's more power here than people have recognized. Well, we need to have our minds renewed because, you know, uh, this word here, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and, and so forth. Uh, I know that, like we said, that's given to the disciples, but Jesus gave this authority to the church. How many know this is much different than the way most people nowadays believe? They say, well, whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. It's all, it's, it's all up to the will of God. God controls everything. Well, that's not a Bible verse, though. That's, that's a religion that taught that to people. That's a, that's a manipulation uh, to keep people powerless, to keep them weak and passive and not able to rise up in the name of the Lord and to carry out His will. There is the will of God, but we have to enforce that will. That's why we're here. Amen. You know, if it were all God, things would look a lot different. If it were everything were up to Him, this place would look quite a bit different. But it's not all up to Him. You know that the Lord doesn't even, uh, that He doesn't even want um, evil people to suffer. So, well, certainly He wants bad people. I mean, people who do bad things, certainly the Lord wants them to suffer, doesn't He? He just wants the good people to be blessed and the bad people to suffer harm. No, why did he send Jesus then? The reason Jesus came is so God would have a legal right, a legal way to be merciful to even the rascals. Because he wasn't his desire, even that bad people, that they would suffer. He wanted them to get off. 
He wanted to bless people anyway. You know that's the way he is. I, I, I prayed. I was praying for you all, uh, y'all, uh, even last night. And it, he became more aware. The Lord showed me how he wanted to help people who have screwed up their lives. He, how he wanted to bless people who have made poor decisions, who have been rebellious, who have made bad choices. He told me he wants to help you anyway. I thought, praise God. You know, individuals that have had problems with their family, family situations, and, and with their children, and some of it's their fault. They were a bad parent. They weren't a good example. They did the wrong thing. They didn't discipline correctly. They didn't show love. They did a lot of things wrong, and the Lord wants to help you with your kids anyway. See, I don't mean that wrongdoing is not a serious issue, but that's why repentance is available. It is the very grace of God that we are enabled and allowed to repent to turn from our ways and turn to the Lord. And the moment we do, God's grace kicks in. His mercy is there. His help is on the way. And he wants to help individuals. I'm telling you, individuals who are present right now in the building. I mean, you could say all of us in a general way, but very specifically, some people have done some things. You've done some things wrong. You've made some mistakes. You've gone the wrong way. And you know a lot of it is a result of your own actions, and the Lord still wants to help you. I want you to know he's still not upset with you. He's not happy with wrongdoing, but he still loves you and wants to help you. So ask him. Call upon his name. Amen. He's on your side. He's faithful. Hallelujah. Now let's get back to this. What are we talking about? <laughs> so how the Lord authorized us. Do you see what, what we're saying? D does this make sense? Is this clear? If it's not really clear pray. Ask the Lord to make it clear to you. S say this out loud with me today. Say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit teach, me, teach me. Give me understanding of my place in Christ and what I've been authorized to do. See, He is the teacher and He wants to help us to see this. When you get it, you can use it. When you see it, it works for you. I'm talking about a magic formula here. Say these words and your life, poof, will be amazing. It is not about, it is about a revelation of a person. It is about a revelation of a place that we hold with that person. It is about an understanding of redemption. When we get it, we live different. We speak different. We, we rise up. We're bold. We deal with circumstances in an entirely different way. We're no longer sheepish. We're no longer just weak and cowardly and, and, and feel like we're unworthy and can't do anything. No, we rise up as children of God, sons and daughters of the Almighty, speaking His Word and declaring His name, and circumstances change. That's how God works in the earth. That is God working. When you do that, when I do that, God goes to work. Until we rise up and get it, we know it, we understand it, and then act on it, he sits back waiting for an opportunity to carry out his will. Hallelujah. I've never heard it like that before. Well, it's been there the whole time. Are you kind of ticked off? I hope you are. Thinking your life could have been so, so much better up until now. Uh, you know, I've recognized that revelations and things like that, they're kind of, um, I think about paper. You know, uh, this is just, you know, printer paper, copy paper. Uh, if, you ever, if you've ever noticed, you get a ream of paper, sometimes you can, you know, they'll say this is this weight and so forth. Uh, this is white paper. And you can get a piece of paper out 
and you'd look at it and say, hey, that's white. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's the right color. That's white. And then you pull another one out, and you put it next to it, and you say, oh, no, that one's yellow. <laughs> that one's white. Because you notice they have those brightness numbers on there. You could have a really low brightness, and it looks, kind of, it looks white until you compare it to something else that, oh, no, that's some serious white there. Right? I, I think revelation knowledge sometimes works that way. Meaning, yeah, I, get, I see that, I know that, but you don't know it like you can know it. You don't see it like you can. There's some things I can, I've understood, but I can see it more clearly. Amen. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, the first chapter. Uh, I mentioned this to you last time just kind of in passing about how New Testament prayers that are recorded for us are not prayers of Lord deliver us, Lord heal us, Lord set us free, but rather New Testament meaning after Jesus was raised from the dead, these prayers are prayers of enlightenment, prayers of understanding and revelation. And you have a whole bunch of people praying like they're in the Old Testament. They're praying as if Jesus never went to the cross or was never raised from the dead. They're acting like we are defeated. We are stuck. Lord, help us. Get us out of this. That's not what we're taught to do in Scripture. What we need now is not for the Lord to do it for us. We need to see and understand and know what he's already done for us. And that's born out in this. I'm going to give you this example. I said it real quick last week. Said it again quick right there. Now let's read the verses. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. 115. Therefore, I also, I is Paul here who wrote this. I, I, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. So he said, I heard you got saved. You have faith in the Lord. You have the love of God working in you. Does someone need to be prayed for after that? Yeah, they're, they're doing well, but he said, I'm still praying for you. What am I praying for? Oh, Lord, send them a revival of healing. No. Lord, set them free from all their addictions. No. That's not what he prayed. By the way, often when I pray for people, I don't pray that way either. Sometimes even when people ask me to pray that way. Pray for this problem and this problem and this problem. What I'll often do is pray this prayer that we're about to read instead of what people need. And sometimes I'll do both. Sometimes because I want to help them get a temporary fix, but then I want them to get a permanent fix. Huh? You know what that, what that looks like? Any one of us, we can minister to each other. We can lay hands. We can use our authority in Jesus' name. And we can get people uh, helped in, in, the, in the near term. What happens often is people continue to live a defeated life after that. They get a little temporary fix. They get a Band-Aid. They get fixed up temporary. But then the devil still rules their life, still runs over them. They're still beat up every single day. What do they need? Not more people praying for them. They need a revelation. They need to see it. They need to, they need to grasp their place in Christ. All right. Uh, and so verse 16, he said, I do not cease to give thanks for you. 
making mention of you in my prayers. So he continues to pray for him this way. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Not that God would give you healing, not that God would give you victory, not that God would help you out with all, no, that the Lord would open your eyes, that he would give you understanding. Why? Because the victory's already won. You've already been set free. You've already been given victory. You've already been healed by Jesus' stripes. So he prays, Lord, help them see it. Give them knowledge. Give them understanding. And how many people have been, have had a, you know, they've experienced salvation, they're going to heaven, but have been in church for year after year after year after year and have such puny amount of revelation knowledge, such small amount of understanding of redemption. Think, you've been going to church for how long? And you really don't know anything about this? You, You don't know that's a problem, right? I'm telling you, that is the work of the enemy to keep people blind. That's why this prayer reverses this. This curse of, 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 of blindness and lack of knowledge. He said, I want the Lord to give you wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened. Enlightened. Say, but Brother Paul, we're already saved. We already know the Lord. Apparently, there is enlightenment that goes beyond initial salvation. You can be born again. You can have an understanding of your sins forgiven. But there is much more to see. He said that you may know, that you may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of, your glory, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Stop for a moment there. He's praying. Let him know about what? The power. How many people will pray, Lord, give us more power. We just need more power, Lord. That's not what he prayed. He said, Lord, let them know about your power. Help them to see the power. Which power? This power that is toward us who believe. They need a revelation of the power toward them who believe. Not I need more. I need to know what I already have. I need to know what's already been given. I need to know what's already been been given to us. Amen. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. That's the level of power he's praying. Help him to see that kind of power. This is Jesus raising from the dead kind of power. Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Let me summarize again. What's that? That's authority. I want him to see it. I want him to know it. It's the power that raised him from the dead and set him above. It's the power that put him in charge. It's, it, they need to understand their position in Christ. Uh, verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. Here we go again. To the church. To the church, not to himself, to the church. All that Jesus did, all that he accomplished, his great victory was on our behalf. So the church would be powerful. So the church would walk in victory. So the church would have authority. So the church would be in a dominant place over the devil. That's what he did, 
and that's what he prayed we would know. So Paul is doing a combination here. He's teaching them, and he's telling them, and by the way, this is what I'm praying for you. Teach it, and pray that they'll get it. Teach it, and pray that they'll get it. What happens when we get it? Mm. Those days of pathetic defeat are over. Those days of being pushed around and calling every prayer chain under the sun every time you have a headache are over. Those, <laughs> the life of defeat and just kind of being bossed around and I never know what God's doing are over. Because you know what resurrection power is in you and what it, it enables you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. And so through prayer... Basically, we can know how to deal with every situation in life. And that's what we need. Stuff comes up, Lord, how do I deal with this? Spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him. Because the enemy has come to manipulate our minds. That's the only way he can win, is the manipulation of our thinking. To try to get us warped, to think wrong about what's happening in us and around our lives to think wrong concerning God's will and His place in your life. He wants to warp your thinking. What are we doing? The opposite. We're unwarping. The Lord is helping us to see it, to get it, to understand it, to have this revelation, uh, because then there's nothing that can stand against us. Thank you, Lord. You know, Paul had a situation in his life. Paul, the apostle who wrote a good part of the New Testament, uh, he would preach various places. He went to Jerusalem to preach there, and as soon as he s- spoke up, he hardly got to say anything, and these people freaked out, and they're, they're having a riot, they're going after him, they're grabbing him, so they t- the Romans there who were in charge, uh, they took him in custody, and, and they're about to uh, examine him, all right? They want to know, what in the world is going on here? Why is everyone against you? Why are they attacking you? And so they examine, and by the way, the, when they examined uh, it was not nearly as nice as waterboarding. <laughs> Much more severe. In fact, it, it's in Acts chapter 22. It reads in verse 24, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined uh, under scourging uh, so that they might know why they shouted so against him. And, 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 and as they bound him with thongs, uh, and that's different than the thongs that people <laughs> now wear on their feet in the, in, in the summer. Just, just little strips of leather. They, so they, they bound him with thongs, so he's tied up to the whipping post, okay? He's tied. They, did, they bound him with thongs. Paul said to the centurion who stood by, he said, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman uncondemned? Now, he's about to get the pulp beat out of him, right? He's about to be whipped. Hold on here. Is this even legal? (laughs) Is this legal for this to happen? Uh, uh, When the centurion heard that, verse 26, he went and told the commander saying, take care what you do for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman? He said, yes, yes. I am Roman, (laughs) altogether Roman right now, yes, I am. (laughs) 
Verse 28, the commander answered with a large sum, I obtained this citizenship. And Paul said, but I was born a citizen. Then immediately those who were about to examine him withdrew from him. And the commander was also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman because he had bound him. Now, this is obviously just a civil law thing. Paul uh, Paul was a Roman citizen. They had certain rights as citizens of that country like we do in, in, in our country. But there's a very similar parallel to how this works to how it works in God's kingdom. See, you and I have been given certain rights as a child of God. They are redemptive rights. Okay, It is what has been given to us as a perk, as a benefit to being in God's kingdom. One of them is this. You cannot be unlawfully whipped. You, the devil, let's put it in these terms, is not allowed to take you to the whipping post and do whatever he wants. But how many know he will if he's permitted to? If Paul hadn't spoken up in this situation, he would have taken a lashing. He would have been pulverized. And he could have said, Lord, I don't, you know, or Caesar, I don't know why, why this is happening. Why are you allowing this to happen, Caesar? I'm a citizen of your country. He had to speak up. If you don't speak up, you get thrashed. In life, if you do not speak up, you get pummeled by the devil. He'll do it all day long. He'll tie you to the whipping post and, and lay into you. With all, and you know what that means in real life? It's all kinds of problems and defeat and death and physical issues and emotional. Everything that's of darkness, everything that's not of God, he, he'll lay it upon you and tell you the whole time, you deserve it, man. This is what you've got coming and you've just got to learn to live with it. If God wanted you to be free, then he'd make you free. No, that is not how it works. Someone has got to know, I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. His stripes were laid upon Jesus, so I wouldn't have to be striped. And when you know that, then you say, excuse me, Mr. Devil. Excuse me, this is not permitted. And I am, is it lawful? Is this even legal that this is happening to me? Here's the answer. No, it's not. And when you know it, watch. When you know it, number one, and number two, when you speak up about it and say, no, this is not happening, then the enemy is afraid. Then they freak out. Why? You didn't buy into this. You were born a citizen. And I was born again into the family, into the kingdom of God, and now I have rights, and bless God, I am going to stand for them. And God is glorified when you and I know what we have, and we stand up and say, forget this nonsense, I'm not going to be ruled over in this life any longer. I'm talking about through darkness, through the work of the enemy. Hallelujah. When we exercise our authority... That is God working in the earth. I want the Lord to help me. This is how it helps. Understanding, revelation. And then you speak up and say, nope, I'm not going to have this, not going to do this anymore. It's not just about saying the right thing. This is not magic. This is not some kind of formula. 
uh, it's about believing the right thing, and then your, your words come from that position of, of, of faith. It's about, no, 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 I see this. I understand how this works. I see this. This is my position as a redeemed person, as a child of God. No, this is not okay. And then you speak up. But you have to speak up. Everybody with me? Uh, I remember uh, years ago, I was doing a healing service. And it was on my heart. I, was sh- I shared some of this, just a small part of this series, these particular truths. And, uh, and I talked about speaking to your mountain and that kind of stuff from Mark chapter 11. And it, it was on my heart to have people do this. As we, people would come for healing, we'd pray, we'd lay hands on them. Uh, I would speak to their condition. Say, what's wrong with you? Okay, got this problem. All right, I'm going to speak to that. And then when I'm done, I want you to speak to it. And I had everyone who came, uh, uh, who came they'd line up on the front. And we do that. I'd do it. And then they'd do it. Why? Because it's their body. Right. Their life. They're, they're in charge. The Lord authorized them concerning their own life. And, uh, and so I'd have them speak. And one thing that was interesting to me, and we had great results because things were leaving. <laughs> just, just falling off right and left. But I noticed with some is they had never done that before. I said, now you speak to it. And I stand back and listen. And it'd be very weak, often very tentative, and just kind of, I thought, you don't do this regularly, do you? Everybody listening to me? That's a problem. Can I tell you? Learn this. Ask the Lord to teach you how to stand up and use His Word and use His name for your own life, for your children, for those in your sphere of influence, huh? To where it becomes a normal part. I don't mean we're devil conscious and that kind of thing. We worship the Lord. But if anything comes against, there should be a boldness in you that says, nope, not going to have this. There should be, there should be a, uh, it's like, you know, we're schooled in it. We're, we're, we're experienced. I know how to resist the devil. Amen. And when we do, not only are we in a good position for God to move in our lives, we can start being useful in other people's lives. Because people all around us have all kinds of trouble. They're being run over every single day. They need someone who knows the potential of a spirit-filled, blood-washed human being of someone who has been ignited by the life of God and filled with His Spirit and authorized with His Word and that name to go in that situation and say, hey, but we can deal with this. This is not permanent. Your life doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to be ruled and dominated again, over and over again and again. We can stop this today. But you have to know what you're doing. How do you know what you're doing? You learn, you study, the Lord teaches you, and then you begin to use it. Pick up that sword and start swinging at things. <laughs> and get accurate. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Let me read you a couple verses in closing today. Uh, We could stay longer, but... mm. Uh, You know, Jesus won the victory. We hear that all the time. But you know that we won the victory in Christ. Yeah. Do you know that we died and we were also raised up? So, well, now that was Jesus. Pastor, I think you're mistaken there. Jesus is the one who died, and he was the one who was raised up. I'm not mistaken. Let me show you. Galatians 2.20. I'll read them very, very quick. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. 
It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I, I live, uh, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you, do you know that you went to the cross? Yeah, in Christ you did. In Christ you went. Colossians 2.12 Colossians 2.12 reads, Buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. I was raised from the dead already. I went to the cross, and three days later, I came busting out of the tomb, and I was raised from the dead. How would you do that? What are you talking about? In Christ. That's how God sees it. If that's how he sees it, that's how we ought to see it. We are resurrected people. Hallelujah. Said that the resurrection is yet to come. That's a different resurrection. The moment you were born again, it entered into a a present tense reality what happened 2,000 years ago on the cross. Yeah, yeah. And one more, one more. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. It reads, But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together. Made us alive. Who alive? Usans, Jesus, me, and others. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Spiritually speaking, from a positional, authoritative standpoint, every believer has died with Jesus, was raised with Jesus, and was exalted, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. Say, so what does that mean? That means victory. It means authority. It means the battle's over. We're resting. It means authority meaning we've been placed far above all principalities and powers and all the junk of this world. We're in Christ, so we are now uh, basically in a position of power, not in a position of, ah, help, I can't do anything. Lord, rescue me. He's sitting right next to you. (laughs) Lord, rescue. I did rescue you. You're in Christ. You're raised up. The devil's defeated. You've got the victory. See yourself that way. Live that way. Pray. Pray from that position. Not, I'm nothing. I'm undeserved. I don't, can't do anything. No. Pray from a position of, Father, thank you. I am a redeemed child of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, set free. And now as your son, as your child, I'm asking you. It's a different attitude. It's a different position. It's a position of faith. And when the enemy speak, pokes his ugly head up, you know, like that old game with the frogs and stuff. At the, have you ever seen that? What's that called? Whack a mole. You whack a mole. I think that's what the Greek original Greek says. Uh, you just learn need to learn how to whack the mole. <laughs> but when the enemy sticks his ugly head up, that's when we know. I'm in, I'm in charge here, authorized by him, representing his will, his plan, his purpose. Whack. But you have to whack. <laughs> I'm just waiting for God to do some whacking. No, the Lord authorizes you to do some whacking. Finally, I have a title for the series. <laughs> 
do some whacking. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for working in us. We are your church. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.